I suppose if you're keeping up with basketball or football or hockey or baseball or horse racing or just about any sport, a scorecard and a tally sheet are useful. They should be good, necessary, and maybe even desirable. However, in our spiritual lives, these are not helpful or useful. They are not good. They are undesirable. They are harmful to us. They are instruments of the evil one and his minions, which ultimately lead us into sin. They are the roots of self-righteousness, of revenge, of payback, of evils in thought, word, and speech. Hateful things, these, yet we hold, yet we hold that, and we, we hold them tight, and we hug them and hold them for dear life. This notion of a scorecard or tally sheet may well be underlying St. Peter's question. Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? If we're keeping tally sheets, no doubt we will arrive at 77 times rather early in life. Does this mean then that we are exonerated from forgiveness of others because we've reached the upper limit of the required times to do this? I don't think so. The response of Jesus to St. Peter is rather, rather than to be concerned with keeping tally sheets and scorecards for the injustices and offenses committed against us, be they real or be they imagined, it is God's desire that we focus on his compassion, his pity, his mercy and forgiveness, which so lavishly and abundantly he showers upon us. At the end of today's gospel, Jesus says in so many words, go and do the same. Give to others what God himself so freely bestows upon you. Notice right away at the start of the gospel, Jesus redirects St. Peter's question to the realm of the kingdom of heaven, elevating the discourse to a different place and plane of reality. The reality of love and what God has done for us and what he continues to do for us. No doubt, Jesus complicates things for St. Peter. He may have been waiting for a more simple or an easier response from the Lord. Instead, Jesus puts his response to St. Peter in the framework of God's divine love and of his ever-merciful forgiveness of our sins and transgressions, no matter what, no matter the number of times that we sin. We are instructed by Jesus to go and do the same for others as God has done for us, not counting the number of times, not counting the cost, not counting the offenses. Our attention 
needs be focused on God and others, not to be concerned on myself or of my injuries. God's love and the forgiveness of our sins raises our love to the supernatural perfection of God's divine love. We see this with our eyes and other senses, most especially and most perfectly in Holy Communion, where we, where, where we see our faith fortified as we gaze upon and receive him into our being. Pure divine love incarnate is what lies before our eyes. We are transformed, we are converted inwardly by him whom we receive in Holy Communion through this holy and living sacrifice. We gaze upon him who is God made flesh for our sakes and whom we so desire to emulate in all things and at all times. Therefore, let us flee from wrath and anger, from hardness of heart with our tally sheets and scorecards against one another. Let us rather forgive as we are loved and forgiven by God, that when we pray, our own sins may be forgiven. Sirach asks, how can we expect healing and forgiveness, reconciliation, freedom from our sins, if we nourish anger against another? How can we, how can we refuse mercy to others as God who is full of mercy pity, tenderness, and compassion has for us. We are admonished to hate not our neighbor, to think of God's covenant, and so to overlook the faults of others against us. It behooves us to set aside feuding, passion, harsh words, anger, vengeance, hatred, slander, and malice of every kind, to cease doing evil and to learn to do good. We need to put away from our, we need to put away our misdeeds from before God's eyes. We must learn to do good. We are invited to set things right with the Lord. God is calling us to rend our hearts, not just our garments. He is calling us to return to himself, for gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger, rich in kindness, relenting in punishment. If this is how God treats us, how can we dare treat others any differently?